When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's morning podcast. The Uni Rugby podcast gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Wallover Podcast. We are Wallover Rugby Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and the Google Store and Anchor and some other places. Um, has anybody actually tried listening to it for Alexa? Can you listen to Wallover Podcasts through Alexa or anything like that? Don't know. Anybody done that? No idea. Never, never done that, mate. No. I've tried Fair that enough. with podcasts, but haven't managed to get it to work with anything. Any okay. podcast. Fuck Alexa, bitch. Agreed. Right. Um, <laughs> We are the, the West Country Rugby podcast that obviously haven't got any rugby to talk about. So we have invented our own quiz format, which seems to be quite popular. Um, other quiz shows based on the radio are available. Um, best handover to uh, to Adam. We got some feedback on last week, putting out the, uh, the Long Snapper podcast over our channels. Um, one guy said it was too much American football. He doesn't like it, and he doesn't want to, to listen to it anymore. So he he would thank us not to to focus too heavily on it again. So uh, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> S- Sam, that's for you, and we promise not to. So uh, we'll leave. You know, those guys. Sam, can, did yeah. you say? Sam, yeah. Sam, these are. This is for you, Sam. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, any feedback's good feedback. Adam, over to you. Well, except that that's bad feedback. No. <laughs> it's objectively bad yeah i'd kind of agree with it though <laughs> yeah okay that's for you phil that's a good start right uh well seeing as seeing as we like to focus on one sport too much let's start with rugby and question one it's pretty simple if you could change one result from history which game would it be and phil kick us off so I'm going to take you to a match that I didn't actually watch. Um, and the reason I didn't actually watch it was because I was playing that day and then driving from Mid-Devon up to the Millennium Stadium to watch an absolutely fantastic match. 
So this was 2007, Rugby World Cup, quarterfinals. Match I watched was uh, New Zealand-France. That New Zealand-France game where France knocked the All Blacks out 2018. Fantastic match, great atmosphere. The game that I didn't watch was Australia-England. And this is going to sound really bad and it's going to piss off Ben, but tough shit. Um, it's, I, I would rather England hadn't have won that game. I would rather England would have lost that game against Australia because off the back of the 2000 World Cup that they won, they then kind of fudged their way through the pool stage, having lost to uh, South Africa in the first game. They scraped their way through that game 12-10 against Australia, having gone in 10-6 down at the break. Wilkinson getting all the points. They then get into the semi-final and you don't want them to lose to France because you never want them to lose to France. So, Thankfully, they beat France and they get into the final and we end it with England getting to the final of a World Cup, being runners up, thinking actually not that much is bad with English rugby. And the reality is getting that far in the competition probably put England rugby back eight years on where they needed to be. We then had the farce of 2011. We had the cock up of 2015. And it took us until last year to get to a stage where England rugby was back on the world stage where it kind of should have been. How many answers is he giving? Just by the so way, just, just to be just to be clear, your answer is is quarterfinal where England beat Australia, rather than the final where England lost to South Africa. Just yeah. Phil assumes the role of the Robert Peston of them all over yep. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've already decided I've pissed Adam off enough today that I'm going to lose, so may as well go <laughs> out back hard. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I keep giving you points, so it's not it's not working. Um, and if you want to lose, you're going to end up in the final. Let's face it. <laughs> right, Ben, you can you can go next. Well, we've had a World Cup quarterfinal, so I think I'll up the stakes a bit. I'm going to take you back to a, a Maybank holiday in 2009. Nuki seconds versus Vior. Oh, don't! I feel sick Russ, even thinking about Russ that. Russ was there, so uh, so we we'd won the. Eastern half of the Cornwall second team merit table and Vior, <laughs> Dizzy Heights, uh, although a first team had won the Western half. And uh, they, they sort of hastily organized a final after the end of the season on what must have been about the hottest day of the summer. And uh, we were a good team. We put about 90 points on on several teams that season. And uh, we turned up and and played. Uh, this is quickly going to turn into therapy, I'm afraid. But um, we turned up to play Vior that day. And um, they were very different to the current Veal side. They had a lot of Camborne and Red Roof players and they were a good run inside. And it was just it's probably the hardest rugby match I've ever played in. And we went into half time. I think it was probably seven nil down, but we were bending rather than breaking. We were really under the cosh. And then after half time, they just blew us to pieces. And uh, I don't know. I'd love to get that get like, that result back. And, and we had a few players out injured and unavailable through work. And I'd love to go back and with the full team that we had all season and, and see what would happen because, uh, yeah, I just remember coming off that pitch. I've never felt so deflated in the end of a rugby match. Just sunburned and exhausted and being absolutely paddled. It reminded me of um, when England played Wales for the Grand Slam in Cardiff. And although the score was pretty level at half time, you just knew it was going to, the dam was going to break at some time and, yeah, I'd love to have won that game, man. You nearly went a bit Kevin Keegan there. 
<laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll forgive that. Okay. Um, assuming you haven't picked the same game, uh, Russ, your turn. No, no, I haven't. Um, I've actually picked the 2007 World Cup final where England lost to South Africa. Uh, as Phil quite rightly says, we muddled through the group stages following the the monumental victory in 2003. We were going into 2007 full of hope and expectation. Phil Vickery's men, you know, they, they had a lot to live up to. Like, so like Phil said, they lost the first game. They limped past us. Um, USA in the group stages, I believe. And then obviously the, the quarterfinal, the semi-final. Then we got to South Africa. There was the uh, the try that never was um, for Mark Cueto, which would, I think, to this day, would have would have changed the result and led us to, to win the World Cup. And uh, that single decision was an absolute travesty. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That's my answer. Short and sweet. Okay, you've uh, you you want to change one that ends in England winning rather than losing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doug, let's finish with you. Uh, it should come as no surprise that this is going to be a Saints game, and it's um, <clears throat> the twenty. I want to say twenty twelve Premiership final between Northampton Saints and Leicester Tigers. No, it'd be twenty twenty twelve twenty twelve thirteen. Uh, that'd be right. Um, obviously, local rivals. Um, Leicester coming to the end of their sort of dominance, Saints rising, um, and then one moment of stupidity from Dylan Hartley, whether or not he actually meant to say that um, Wayne Barnes was a cheat um, will be open for debate. But what is not open for debate is that Wayne Barnes loves nothing more than Wayne Barnes being the centre of attention. So Wayne Barnes sent him off. Not only did it cost Saints a shot their first premiership win, but it also cost Dylan Hartley a place on that Lions tour to Australia in which he'd already been selected and then subsequently banned and missed the entire tournament and would never go on to wear a Lions shirt, which for my money is probably the biggest black mark for the Warren Gatland reign as a Lions coach that Dylan Hartley never put on that jersey. Um, not only that, but Saints would Saints won it the year after, and the year after that we lost to Saracens, who by now we're all fully aware were financially cheating and cost us a shot at three straight premierships because we would have won that season no problem whatsoever with uh, Sammy Manoa and the squad that we've put together by that time. But actually, we lost and that was that. And we had a bit of a lean spell for a few years. With the exception of Ben's answer, it's interesting how all of these, and it, you could have, I suspect, all sorts of other answers, not just from rugby, but other sports, where there's always a knock-on effect. There's always that what if. If this result was different, it almost it changes history or it changes the, the following season. It, 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 it's my least favourite thing about rugby is the fact that Dylan Hartley was never a lion. And yeah. uh, it's Wayne Barnes' fault because he was calling Tom Young to cheat. And Tom Young's was a cheat because he couldn't handle Dylan Hartley in the scrum. There we go. Okay, on to well, on to question two. It's the only logical place to go. Um, darts has now been taking place from people's homes, um, with one or two exceptions. So just players with decent Wi-Fi. So Phil, you probably wouldn't you wouldn't get a gig um, at this particular competition. It's not um, sport anyway. 
<laughs> well, okay. Which, in that case, which sport would you like to be the first one back after lockdown? Um, let's start with Russ. I'd like to see a version of uh, MMA released first, um, all over the internet, <clears throat> but with real people fighting their neighbours in their gardens, and basically just a version of um, bare knuckle boxing for for gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'd like to see real people just going at it toe-to-toe, hammer and tongs, and, uh, yeah, sorting out a few um, rage-filled issues post-lockdown. Get a couple of special brews on board. Surely and, that's uh, going to happen down Nuki High Street on the first Friday after lockdown. More than more than likely, mate, and I'll be there to film it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, Dougie, you, you don't buy the right sky, Will. Yeah, do it in a pub car park, <laughs> literally. Um, I know, Adam, as much as you want me to say tennis, I'm not going to because I'm not going to say that. I wanted to say another. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm all right with it. But um, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to pinpoint it down to one sport. Uh, just any one of them that enables me to get paid. It's fair enough. Any paying job. Yeah. We'll film cats for food. <laughs> very good okay uh phil so i was thinking about this and thinking could you get a sport that you can play in your own homes a bit like darts and when i can't really think of anything that that works like that or can you play something where actually the whole sport is based around social distancing so tennis hate tennis love money in that right doug absolutely um, golf well actually really not that fussed about whether it starts again or not. And then the more, the more I thought about it and the longer I thought about it, I just miss rugby. I really miss rugby. And I don't know whether that's like, I don't care whether it's premiership or international or just watching my kids go and play a game of rugby on a Sunday and smash the shit out of Penzance. Yesterday was, or not yesterday, Sunday was supposed to be Nuki Penzance in the, in the minis, which is like the proper grudge match in the under-11s because Penzance were the last team to beat that Newquay team four years ago. Um, and we're not going to get it this year. And, yeah, I just miss rugby. So, yeah, can we play some rugby somewhere, get Doug to fill them so we can get some money and stop being so miserable about money because <laughs> he'll be miserable about other stuff. And, yeah, just put it on telly. It's got to be the least socially distanced sport there is, though, hasn't it? Does anyone think Phil might be quite a competitive a man? He's, <laughs> he's just described an under-11s match it's where they're going to smash the shit out of each other, and it's a grudge <laughs> match from a result in under-7s. That deserved more points, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, left with you. I just thought, what would I want to watch? Uh, what would entertain a lot of people and take up a few days. So I thought a full Ashes series and free to air. Probably um, Edgebaston you... first test. Can you resurrect Richie Benno to commentate yeah. on it? <laughs> yeah. I think we'd all die of COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, re- I, in fact, I can't in fact, give that point. Cricket, the cricket point. commentary box is the most at-risk demographic mm. <laughs> in all of the world, isn't it? Uh, if only Mark Nicholas would get it. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Moving on. Mm. <laughs> Somewhat reluctantly. All right, Captain Tom Moore. Um, he's been, he's become a celebrity. He's, well, let's face it, he's the favourite for Sports Personality of the Year in 2020. But prior to 2020, who is Sports Greatest Tom? And we'll start with Ben. Um, I was going to say Tom Brady um, because of all the wins and that. Um, but I changed my mind. I'm going with um, England cricket cap number one. Tom Armitage, two matches in 1877, um, with the mighty average of 11. <laughs> That's a much better answer than Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady, I don't know if you saw, he, <laughs> because it's Tom Brady, he's the guy that they've caught in Tampa Bay exercising in a park that's closed. And he got thrown out and told to go home. And I didn't realise who it was. And it's Tom Brady just exercising on his own. What the ironic trick. he got filmed, wasn't it? <laughs> um, oh, he probably had social media presence as well. Who knows? Russ, um, sports greatest Tom. I found this one really difficult to start off with. Looking through, you know cricketers and i didn't get as far as tom armitage so that's a good uh, good answer ben so i settled on sir tom finney uh 433 appearances for preston 187 goals post-war um england caps 76 from 1946 to 1958 sir tom finney is regarded by many who saw him play and well, most of those people are probably dead now as well, but as one of the greatest footballers of all time. Um, and is and is revered to this day. And there's a there's a statue of him in Preston, and you know, not knowing too many sporting Toms that are any good, Tom Finney is uh, right at the top of the list. Nice. I I like that. Okay, Doug. Um I'm gonna go back to um way, way, way back and say old Tom Morris. <laughs> who was a very well pioneering golf professional in the early days for Open Championships, responsible for most of the techniques that um, now make your greens that you play on of the weekday um, playable, even though it shits it down with rain every every few days in England. Um, designed some of the most famous courses in the world: Carnoustie, Cruden Bay, La Hinch. Muirfield, North Berwick, Presswick, so many more courses and so many more um, courses around the world have been influenced by old Tom Morris. People come from all over the world to play Tom Morris courses in the UK and Ireland and um, golf being one of the largest spectator sports and participation sports in the world. I don't think there's anyone more important, really. Craig will tell you it's not a sport. You may have heard, but that won't shock you. Uh, <laughs> Phil well Craig's wrong for a start um, he, he is so, he really is so if you're if you're talking technical ability and skill the right answer is Tom Brady but I was expecting somebody with a lot more knowledge of Tom Brady to go for that so <laughs> um, I have gone with somebody who I met when I was about 10 um, I was very fortunate my dad worked for a company who sponsored a lot of sporting events and I got to go to a, a number of them so I went to a uh, golf tournament at Wentworth and 
followed around a load of players, saw a load of people. And there were two people that stood out to me because of the way they behaved around the crowd, around the other players, etc. One of which was Ernie Els. And the other one didn't really catch in my mind until probably 15, 20 years later, when as a probably late 50s, 60-year-old was in contention for winning the Open. And that's Tom Watson. Um, and I've done a bit of reading about Tom Watson because most of his top stuff was before I was able to understand what golf was. Eight-time major winner, which is good enough in itself. Six-time PGA Player of the Year. Played in four Ryder Cups. Captain two Ryder Cups. But actually, some of the stuff that makes him the best is, isn't necessarily about his playing game. It's about, it's about him as a person. Um, so... Decent, honest man has called penalty shots against himself. Has called out the crowd for being rude to to his playing partner when they're when they're heckling him. Had a go at Tiger Woods for his language and club throwing. And anybody who has a go at Tiger Woods is good in my mind. So yeah, genuinely nice guy. One of the best players of his generation, and stuck at it for years. Playing to your host a bit there. I'm, I'm also going to say that if you can say that Tom Watson is more important to golf than old Tom Morris, who invented bunkers, <laughs> invented tee boxes, invented methods of playing golf. I'm going to take uh, exception to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the question, the question wasn't whose sport's most important, Tom. It's whose sport's greatest, Tom. And none of that matters. Phil mostly got his points for having a pop of Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and for all the right reasons, I couldn't, couldn't love that answer anymore. Um, okay, a uh, quick look at the scores. You've, despite wanting to lose and going all in on having a go at the host, Phil, it's not, it's not working. You're in the lead on 56. Next is Doug back on 38, Russ 30, Ben 26. It's a bit of a rampage at the moment, but... Things can change quickly in this game, as we know. Right, next question. Sorry, I missed out one of my facts. Tom Morris held the record for the largest major championship win, which was by 13 strokes, until Tiger Woods beat it. See, where's, where's the Wikipedia sound? <laughs> have, a, have a point, Doug. There you go. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, Tom Watson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, as protesters in the US demonstrate against lockdown restrictions, um, who in sport has evolution left behind? Some of these questions is just like two very different things, but I, I get what I get what that means. Yeah, who who in sport is probably likely to be seen demonstrating in the US? And let's start with Doug. Andy Goode is like a pound shop fucking. Um, <laughs> Oh, it was going to be so good. Here's Morgan. <laughs> Honestly, the blokes are an, an absolute wand. How's your Piers Morgan? I saw him on Twitter today trying to claim credit for I don't even know what it was. Just it was Sam something. Sam yeah, he happened to say like when old Tom did his walk around his house for cash or whatever. Um, you know, complaining about millennials because he's so, you know, he he definitely uses words like snowflake down the pub with a copy of the sun under his arm. You know what I mean? He's that kind of bloke. Yeah. Drinking drink drinking a Corona from a bottle in a pub. 
those are the worst types of guys. <laughs> Go to a pub. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the same amount of money on a bottle of Corona as I can on a pint <laughs> because it makes me look real suave. Yeah, make sure there's a lime in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I once, I once went into I was at a wedding and and, uh, and a guy went to the bar and he asked for a bottle of Magnes instead of a bottle of Magnes. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I have a bottle of Magnes, please? Magnes. <laughs> and the barman just looked at him and was like, Magnes. Yeah, 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 Magnes. No, Mag Magnus. Oh yeah, that one down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what that's a called, robber. That, that, that's called Magnus, mate. <laughs> Honestly, true story. Followed up with a, a Bombardier. Uh, yeah. uh... <laughs> my, one of my first cars was a Vauxhall Cavalier, and it was known as the Vauxhall Cavalier. <laughs> you could only open the boot by a piece of electrical flex that went under the back seat. <laughs> Bloody hell. All right. Uh, that's only one answer, incredibly. Um, Phil. Um, wrestling, and I don't mean WWE, I mean the kind of Greco-Roman American college excuse for a load of frat boys to just wear pants and rub their crotch up against another man's anus whilst calling it a grapple, kind of, <laughs> I'm just going to bear hug you on the ground wrestling. That wrestling. Isn't that what, that's what football players say about rugby, though. <laughs> Yeah, but football players. <laughs> Can I just say, Phil's got the, the squeakiest chair. It's like he's he's Sorry. going into a fucking um, horror movie every time he moves. <laughs> Sounds like my knees. <laughs> Under too much strain. <laughs> when I first, just pulling back the curtain as usual, when I first saw your answers, I initially thought that um, wrestling was the first sport you wanted to see back after lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have lost significant points, I think, for that. I, I would have expected to. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben? Um, I think it might be me. <laughs> it's all about you today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I like I like sport to be a contest. So, And in a contest, it's usually hard to score. So I like the the bowlers and the batsmen to be evenly matched in their cricket match. And the defence is to be good in rugby, which makes it hard to try score a try. Or, you know, a football match to have two evenly matched teams. But nowadays, people just seem to want tries, goals, runs. That's all they seem to want. They don't want to see an actual contest. Um, and, you know, Bill Beaumont said, said the other day, big hit videos are what's wrong with rugby. And I'll... I love it. I love a big hit video. I'd rather watch if you gave me the option be the hundred best tries and a hundred biggest tackle, tackle tackles. You know what a, I mean? A Manu um, Tuilangi or a Courtney Laws montage. Yeah. There's a I'd reason rugby that. fight compilations have ten million views on exactly. YouTube. And um, greatest safe cleanouts has zero. <laughs> <views. yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, like, would you like the the Ashes 2005 DVDs to be all the highlights taken out and replaced with four defensive shots and leaves from that series? I could watch a compilation of Alistair Cook's greatest leaves. Oh, I did it, Darren, yeah. one year. <laughs> I'm just... you, could, you could watch Marcus Truscottic's greatest leaves in a tea break. That's true. <laughs> yeah. um, I will just share with you as well. 
pulling back the curtain slightly further that I've um, made some notes, brief notes, so I remember what I'm going to say. And I've written question four, evolution. Inbred, inbred redneck assholes. Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. And Russ? Well, a lot of people said this gentleman or mentioned this gentleman in dispatches for the greatest ever Tom. And I think that evolution is started to pass Tom Brady by the fact that he's gone from new England to Tampa Bay to cling on to whatever's left of his, his NFL career. Um, yes, he was fantastic. Yes. He played in an incredible team with an incredible system, with an incredible coach, won seven super bowls and, four Super Bowl MVPs and three MVP, um, NFL MVPs and stuff like that. But, you know, why go to Tampa Bay and, and prolong a career that doesn't need to be prolonged? It's not like he needs the money, you know, unless... You, Parks unless... aren't even open there. Unless yeah, exactly. If yeah. you spent the last 20 years living in Boston where it's cold as shit all year round and you can make a few mil by going and sitting on the beach in Tampa... He up. doesn't need to make a few mil, though. It's Everyone like... needs to make a few mil, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I get Giselle's going to be quite high maintenance, and I'm sure Tom probably could have gone and got a deal in a booth somewhere. I mean, if you but... want to go down that path, I think it's it's all about him wanting to prove he can win without Belichick, right? Well, let yeah, but let let me tell you, let me let you into a small little secret, Doug. He can't. How do you know? Uh, and he won't. How do you know, you ginger twat? You've only you've only been into American football for six months. Oh, I'm I'm I will stand here now and say that he won't do as good a job as uh, as what, he did when James, he was twenty five. As James Winston did. At, you could be on um, a, you could be on NFL yeah. Network with uh, but, analysis like that. To be no, fair, just, at least the Bucks are one of the teams he's started to support yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, you know, I'm not going going to go too deep into NFL analysis, but the guy, the so guy that, can't. Sam must be loving this. The guy He's can't loving this. Tom Brady chat, can't throw the ball more than thirty yards anymore, and Bucks have got two amazing deep threat receivers. So, well, he's got an offensive coordinator that can coordinate an offense. This the last two minutes have featured more NFL analysis than the last four years of the Long Stamper podcast. That's anyway, sorry something. about the ginger bit as well, Russ. That was harsh. Can we, can we, <laughs> you replace you replace fat with ginger. It's just a different insult. <laughs> Let's move on. Listen, mate. When you had hair, you weren't ginger. Just now fat. it's all coming out your face. You are. I don't know what's happened. Like it like <laughs> fell out of your head through your face and came out ginger in your chin. <laughs> I can't answer that. I don't know what to say. There we go. Move on. Right. Um, I don't even know who those points were. Okay, time hop came up on. This is just me. I don't, I don't know where this came from, but time hop showed me a view of five years ago when I was watching baseball at AT and T Park, San Francisco, with a view over San Francisco Bay, and it made me think, what's the greatest view you can have watching sports? So, yeah, there's the question, Phil. The greatest view in sports. So solid shout out goes to the to the best place I've watched sport, which is the Millennium Stadium, as it should forever but, be known. Oh, May, <laughs> but to get in the beer. That what's was... the view? What's the view in the Millennium <laughs> Stadium with the roof closed or the set of Cardiff? 
It's the view of the rugby. The view of the rugby is the best place. Um, best rugby stadium to watch the rugby. But actually, the best view that you're going to get is basically anywhere where there's a surfing competition going on. Big open beach, expansive sea, nice waves. Probably somewhere in Hawaii would be quite nice. But yeah, anywhere with a nice beach. If he's not come last after this round, the system's broken. <laughs> If you had any decent answers for the first four, you might be a bit closer, Tubbs. Oh, oh, fight, 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 fight. Yes, out yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Russ, go next. Follow that. I am going to nominate... Don't the... say Lukey Golf Club. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it's, got, it's got amazing yeah. views. It's got amazing views of a beach. Apparently that is, qualifies as an answer. Um, I'm going to choose the Himachal... <laughs> the Himachal Pradesh Cricket Stadium in uh, Dharmasena in India. It's got a backdrop of the Himalayas. It's about 1,500 metres above sea level. Uh, as I say, it's got the snow-capped Himalayan mountains in the background. An amazing cricket stadium um, with the best view that you're likely to see when watching cricket. Closely followed by Newlands, I will say. I was very torn between those two, but... Uh, this one, yeah. the H, the HPCA is the uh, is the one for me. Nice. Um, only seen that on telly, but uh, it looks in- incredible. Uh, Doug. Um, yeah. So I took this in a different way. I, like, I'm not going to watch sport to have a look at the view. Um, because I can do that after I've been to the sport. What I want to see is the most exciting bit of land to view the sport happening on and for me as a motorcycle racing fan it's gonna be, no it's gonna be the ma- <laughs> uh, I, I refuse to acknowledge it as anything other than Bates's bump <laughs> we're sexy rich <laughs> uh, um, no the mountain at Cadwell Park uh, to see 1,000cc superbikes that are capable of 180 miles an hour, 170 miles an hour, um, three feet off the floor uh, is is quite amazing. And every time you see it, you still think that shouldn't be happening. Someone's definitely going to die. And I will link a crash that... I'll link... You are literally... 10 feet away from these bikes are going over a jump that, you know, in any other um, racing series in the world would be banned. It just wouldn't be allowed to happen. Um, and I will put a link to, or try and embed a video of Luke Mossy crashing there last year to show you just how quickly they're going and a picture of what they're doing on that. Cause it is bloody is impressive. Old, is old Luke still with us? Luke's still with us. Yeah. He just got up and walked away. In fact, um, I'll try and find it now and send it to you on WhatsApp. Obviously, we're going that fast then. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably held off a bit. <laughs> ben, finish yourself. Phil, what was your actual? <laughs> hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Um, um, did you just any, ask Ben any, to finish you off? Somewhere, somewhere in Hawaii, yes, where there's a surfing championship going on. I, yeah, or the Millennium Stadium. <laughs> You know, I know where I'd rather be. Yeah. Well, Ben's going to say Bath. I'll save you all some time. <laughs> I'm not actually. 
Because as, as Phil's gone with the surfing, I'm going back to my original answer, which is also the Millennium Stadium. Um, but from the, it's the view of it when Wales lose at home to England. Can happen to a nicer bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised to see that answer come up twice. <laughs> but there you go. I obviously yeah, famous um, for its views, the Millennium Stadium. When when I initially took it, literally, I, I obviously used the same um, the same website as Russ did. Ten greatest sporting venues or something bleacher, bleacher <laughs> because i believe it or not i've got the hpca stadium written down as well um and a shout out to the stadion guspin dolach on the bosnian croat border which looks very nice <laughs> i love that place probably a bit more welcoming than it was 20 years ago uh, marginally <laughs> probably a mass grave 20 years ago wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's why the grass grows so well if you've been affected by any of the issues brought up on this <laughs> podcast, this isn't the place to come. Uh, Doug, uh, sorry, Phil, you've been caught up by Doug. You're both on 80 points out there in the lead and uh, Russ on 65, Ben on 56. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Russ has just seen that face one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't want to... Okay. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? Professionally enough to be looking at... Oh, that's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> to be looking at WhatsApp pictures while uh, doing this. I'm going to try and move on. Move on. That's unbelievable. Uh, platinum Jiffy Bag question time. So you match my answer. You will get nine additional points. And this hasn't happened yet. Um, I think it's unlikely to ever happen, but we'll have a go at it. Uh, the question is this. With the current restrictions of one bit of exercise per day, who in sport seemingly never managed even that much? And um, We'll start with Doug. Hang on, what, what was the question? The, the question is... Oh, yeah, the, uh, the fat guys, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Mark yeah, Keelan or Mike Gatton, because they were both really fucking fat, and they never trained. You don't mean Chris Wokes either, do you? No. <laughs> or Ian Austin. Oh, yes, <laughs> or, nice shout. Warren Hegg. Oh. <laughs> um, this or is... Andy Good. <laughs> or or Heath, Heath Streak. Inzamam. Yes, Inzamam and Huck. Lovely. Um, are people just shouting out their answers? Oh, that, ben, might ben, ben, that might be happening. Ben, here. Ben's, just 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 his Ben's just spread his arm in the air like. Ah. There you go, <laughs> next. Quick, think of another one. Um, <laughs> at, at least two other answers I could tell you have just been shouted out. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Russ. Um... Well, I'll go next because my one yeah. hasn't been shouted out. Um, born in uh, Colding in Denmark on the 4th of July 1963. 218 games from Liverpool and 44 goals. The absolute magician and the master of the centre circle, Jan Mulby. <laughs> Excellent. I, don't, I mean, it just wouldn't happen now, would it? Uh, ben? <laughs> I did have King of the Run out in Zavamal Hack, but that's been <laughs> yeah. slightly spoiled now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Let, let, uh, let me take you to one game I saw uh, in the flesh, tw- uh, 2020 at Taunton, and Chris Gale in the field didn't break out of a slow walk at any point, just fielded it slip and rolled his arm over, 
and probably gave away about 50 runs in the field. Um, he then came into bat and hit, I think it was 147 and put three balls into the river. Um, so let's go for Chris Gale as a surprise answer. Chris Gale bowls below walking pace. It's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> it, 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 he hit a ball into the members and it, it was like a low hard six. And the, the guy in the members kind of tried to catch it, so it was off balance. And then it hit a concrete pillar and came back off the pillar like a tracer bullet and hit the guy on the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, if in the middle, you saw Hildreth tap him on the shoulder and go, I think you just killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have cared. No. <laughs> Phil, um, fat guy. Okay. Yeah, so my no my one's gone answer, down that route. Um, no, no, not yet. Um, my answer <laughs> would have eaten a three-course meal, <laughs> and then if he no would have eaten a three-course meal, <laughs> and then if he was offered listen. if he was offered Jan Mulby as a as a as a dessert, he would have scoffed the whole fat fat Jan Mulby down as well. Sixteen years at one club, eight caps for England, never moved more than about fifteen yards any game was in the PFA Player of the Year tournament 17 years in a row in the 1990s. I give you Matt Letizier. <laughs> That's it. Full answer done. <laughs> is, um, is I just it... want to say, Adam, can I, can I just say, is it the hefty lefty that you've got in your envelope? Uh, name him and I'll give you the points if it's right. Uh, what's his name? I found your your weakness of not knowing, not remembering any anybody's name. Is it Dwayne Leverock? Phil, you have stolen the nine points right from under Doug's nose. Great that googling, be, Phil. Great googling. That could be uh, crucial. No, no googling involved. As I was just going to say, as if we haven't ripped off another sporting quiz enough, we've just made a slightly controversial comment have about we? Claire Bolden as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't it, think it's it, controversial, it's, is it? It might, it might motivate her. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Balding reveals key to weight loss with Russ Milsom's scathing attack on them all over podcast. <laughs> Look as she wows the crowd in a sexy Dior number. <laughs> Daily Mail reports. <laughs> 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 oh amazing right uh next have we done everyone yes next question uh, for the last few weeks people have finally stopped moaning about var it's been wonderful um but which rule or law in sport would you like to see changed given the opportunity and we'll start with russ uh i'd like to see there because uh like a shot clock or a scrum clock which every scrum, both teams have a certain amount of time to get to the scrum and get it going before uh, anything anything goes on. If um, if that is not done or the the team is not ready, so whoever scrum it is, once they are ready and formed, the other team has twenty seconds to get ready for the the engage or or whatever the the ref has to say, and then they and they move forward from there. None of this milling about. And if you don't get there and get ready within the twenty seconds, it's an immediate free kick. And the uh, the team can can play. So yeah, I'd have a, a shot clock or a scrum clock. Okay, 
Ben. I'd uh, I'd remove the limit of bouncers per over in cricket. Yes. Just, yes. Just, just imagine how good an Ashes series would be if t- they both had batteries of fast bowlers who went full homicidal. <laughs> like it used to be. Just yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. All the the best answers here are rule changes that are the opposite of ones that have happened. So just reverse, yeah. <laughs> basically. Okay, uh, Phil. Yeah. So. There are lots of laws about rugby that we all find slightly annoying and slightly frustrating and think of potentially dumbing down the, the game and very health and safety conscious. But actually, one that pisses me off the most is one that's just unfair. It's unfair because there's nothing you can do about it. And that's when a player goes to catch a kick and there's a teammate in front of them. The player knocks it on and the teammate instinctively catches the ball and gives away a penalty. How can it be a penalty for something that is pure instinct, pure, pure natural reaction? It just seems just seems so unfair to me. To me, yeah, knock on, give them a scrum, start playing rugby again. 15 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Give a free kick then. <laughs> okay. And then they take the scrum. <laughs> <laughs> Damn loophole. Six, 16 <laughs> minutes later. All right, Dougie. I'm going to take you back to the 15th century. People running around in tights and getting syphilis and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the the game of the masses, the game of the people, chess. Uh, and a rule was introduced to advance a pawn two spaces. Um, but in order to counter this this move, a rule was countermade to. I love this so much. Stop a pawn advancing past a capture point. And so they invented this rule called on pass on, which is where a pawn after his foot. And this is, I, I play chess and I know chess. Was this old Tom as well? No. <laughs> it's, um, it can only occur immediately after a pawn makes a move of two squares from its starting square. And it could have been captured by an enemy pawn. Had it advanced only one square, the opponent captures the just moved pawn as it passes through the first square. The result is the same as if the pawn had advanced only one square and the enemy pawn had captured it normally. Perfectly clear. Get rid of it. Every time I've tried to use it, every time I've tried to use it, someone's called bullshit. I get Wikipedia out and I shove it in their face. <laughs> I'm I'm with you, Doug. So good. I, I, I play chess, and it's a really pointless, annoying rule. Just yeah. bin, bin it. And if you're into not, chess, sport, if you, though. it's well, it is. There's a world championship. Tell Sorry, Magnus Carlsen, a, there's not a sport. It's there's not a, a sport. There's a world championship in spelling. It doesn't make it a sport. Apparently, apparently there's a world championship of cereals, you know, <laughs> or biscuits. Doesn't make him a sport. Chess is world a championship of darts. Don't mess with Chopper Magnus. <laughs> and if you are interested in uh, uh, chess, Magnus Carlsen has put up a... Uh, because the World Championship has been um, cancelled this year, they're running, Magnus Carlsen's doing his own one. With, uh, good good abbrevi- old Magnus. Abbreviated rules is available online. You should watch it. There you go. For anyone worried that there were too many NFL-related answers, we've covered chess. How about that? All right. Um, last month was the first March in 18 years without a school shooting in the US um that's not just probably not just about sport this one but uh, what other fringe benefits are there to covid-19 and isolation and let's start with uh, start with ben um <laughs> this one's about me as well um <laughs> <laughs> 
I must admit, I don't know how long it's been now. It's probably been five weeks since there's been any rugby and I haven't really missed it. I haven't watched any on YouTube. I haven't watched anything on BT Sport. <coughs> and I, I think that's just shown up how toxic rugby Twitter is. Um, because I could go out and play a game right now, but I, I don't, I'm not that fussed about watching one. And, it, and I think when, when it does come back, I'm just going to leave my phone in another room and watch, just concentrate on the, the bits I enjoy rather than um, arguing with idiots on the internet. You can yeah. do that on a Tuesday with us. Exactly. <laughs> you can. All right, Phil. Yeah, there's been quite a lot, really, to be honest. There's no 160-mile round trip to the office. There's no banal transfer rumours happening in rugby that I have to listen to Russ prattling on about. (laughs) (laughs) I get to spend a bit more time in the house, time time with my family. I I don't actually have to socialise with anybody, which is just lovely. Um, And, yeah, there's... uh, there's got to be a pretty strong argument given the, the significant drop in nitrous oxide and carbon dioxide being emitted that farming isn't really the only thing to blame for for uh, global warming so people can kind of get off farming's back a bit for a, for not a day pe- or two. Not people, Phil. Vegans. Vegans, vegans. yeah, sorry. And they're not people. But it's surely it's, it's, it's plant-based now, isn't it? Fucking vegans. Oh, no, apparently there's a difference between the two. What is that? Pricks. <laughs> What Phil said. We got, we had to get there eventually, didn't we? All right, Dougie. Well, I can't see any really. Like the only thing I can tell, I'm, I'm about three days away from chaining myself to a radiator and blindfolding myself, and only eating lubna and uh, dates, so I can get the full John McCarthy experience. <laughs> I've, I've just I've just had enough now. I've walked every footpath in Amersham. I've played. Every set, I've I've played so much Call of Duty that it's lost all meaning. I, I'm just totally. I I can honestly get why Americans just go out and mow people down with AR-15s, because if you do that for eight hours a day, you're just so desensitised to blowing people up. It's it's just beyond all belief. Um, I would quite happily go another hundred and fifty years without seeing someone's pointless Instagram story about what they're doing on there with, uh, f- with flour. Not, not because I'm, I'm not interested, but because I haven't seen a bag of flour for two months. I want to do it. I've had enough. I don't, uh, you know, yeah, there are no benefits. There's none, none. That's a, a lot of points for not really any answers. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how this game works. I, I've watched so many political briefings. I'm fucking brilliant at doing a, I'm uh, doing uh, an answer without actually giving an answer. And I'm also, I've done it on purpose tonight. I've put my Skype screen down, so I'm looking down on you. <laughs> Very good. I think it all must right. be a thing that all these politicians are just looking at you. I'll save that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's another, another free, to air, free, to, free text box round in a minute. Okay, uh, Russ. Um, the fringe benefit of this current COVID-19 business is it's delayed the inevitable uh, Liverpool winning the Premier League title and us having to put up with the insufferable pricks that support Liverpool in general. Um, I hope eventually the season gets cancelled and they never get to win it, uh, but I fear that it'll all be played behind closed doors and we will have to put up with them. But, you know... That's Russ in the nine- final. 
99.9% of Liverpool fans are absolute ones and need to get in the bin. <laughs> did anyone count how many points that was? Luckily, I did. A lot. Six. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, we are... Russ, you're not necessarily into the final. You're on 115, as is Phil. Ben's back on 95. Doug's way out in the lead now. 130 for his non-answers there. All right, any other <laughs> business? And let's start with you, Ben. Um, I, I'm going to talk about these abject rednecks in America. Um, Anti-quarantine protesters. I mean, what the hell? Um, it's no coincidence they're the same sort of simpletons who are already banging on about having their guns taken away as they march around town with AR-15s. Um, they've got Trump cheering them on like a brain-damaged orangutan. Um, but, you know, hopefully as another sort of silver cloud, maybe the COVID will thin them out a little bit. Um, although I'm sure they won't see the irony because they, um, they don't understand evolution either. Um, but it will benefit the rest of us. So there's hope. Um, also, they were playing Born in the USA at one of their rallies the other day. And, uh, yeah, they obviously have no analytical faculties if they uh, if they think playing that one's a good theme tune for them as well <laughs> all right uh russell oh wow that was very formal um i'm going to for my any of the business i'm going to nominate people doing stupid polls on twitter um people that come up with so uh, you know if you're going to rip something off at least do it properly you know, do it, do it well. You know, if you're going to do a quiz, for instance, do it really well and have your own opinion. Don't just rip something off and pretend it's your own and then get your spelling wrong. And when people try and, and offer you some advice or an opinion on said uh, quiz or World Cup of anything, um, just get up and block them because you are a, a hypersensitive, uh, narcissistic mole and... If you think, if you listen to this and you know who we're talking about, and I don't think you listen to this, which is fine, um, stop with your World Cups. Nobody's interested and you're a dick. I think you might uh, be in fact, the final, mate. In fact, you're a clown. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Um, yeah, you'd know him. Uh, hashtag, uh, hashtag be kind. Uh, yeah, has, yeah, something like that. Uh, Philip, if we, as as I'm suddenly going formal, that's fine. Um, so before I get to the thing that I wanted to do for any other business, I've just shared a photo with you guys on WhatsApp, which um, I'm hoping I'll be able to put on Twitter. But that <laughs> depends on permission from a certain Mr. Milson. So a big, <laughs> a, big th- a big thank you to Jenny Richards for sharing this on Facebook. I'm guessing this is a. Western College Rugby Team Program. Churchill Community School, uh, 1998 Tour of South Africa uh, brochure. There you go. Player profile brochure, yeah. So there you go. Those shirts look a bit dangerous. Are they tricoloured hoops, mate? They are, yeah. So featuring a certain certain Russell Milsom at fullback, six foot, 11 stone. It's been a day or two since you've seen that. That's a programme height, isn't it? (laughs) Wide. Um, but six foot 154 pounds i just want to uh take your attention so yeah six foot 11 stone hmm. um to, uh, <laughs> to, to the section in the middle 
Um, he enjoys sport in general, as well as socialising with his friends. A young man who believes he can achieve everything the easy way. He dislikes <laughs> homework and any other form of hard work. His ambition <laughs> is to live life to the full. So, yeah, thank you very much, Jenny Richards, for sharing that absolute piece of gold with us. She, but my she main... won't listen either, mate, but go on. Oh, I don't know. Um, my main bit of any other business is uh, there's a um, sports quiz on Radio 5 that you guys might have heard of called um, Fighting Talk. Um, and Never heard no, of it. No. So it's got um, Colin Murray hosting it, him who used to be on Radio 1 with Edith Bowman, Northern oh. Irish chap. Um, and they get some sports people on and they talk shit. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about was um, I generally think he's a pretty good host. I think he's a pretty good radio host. Seems fairly knowledgeable, fairly balanced, doesn't give out too many opinions. But he started doing this thing recently where when he says something that he thinks is funny, he kind of changes his voice a bit like this. And you're like, what? To, what, to a brummy what are you, what? Yeah. And like, what, what are you doing, you prick? Just like talk with your normal accent. People will be able to work out whether it's funny or not. They don't need you to put it in a funny voice to realize that it's funny. Um, and yeah, it's it's got me to the point where actually I don't think I'm going to listen to it anymore. So if anybody knows of any decent sports quizzes or podcasts, <laughs> give us a shout because I'm looking. I've got a space in my uh, in my weekly pod diary. Oh, yeah, I, that's going to bug me now. I had I hadn't noticed that, and I'm sure I will. No, you've said you it. will now. It will spoil it. Okay, um, Doug. Unless you lose a significant amount of points with your any other business you're going to join russ in the final so uh either speak or not it's up to you um just the bookcase bingo slash giant <laughs> face looking down at me from a 50 inch tv slash um journalists asking six minute questions and then uh, when the politician gives them an opportunity to respond immediately come up with just some banal excuse for a question just so they can have a bit more airtime um and then compare that to what's happening in america which is where trump is essentially using a daily briefing to just slag off anyone or listen <laughs> you know it just it's just just throwing fucks into anyone or listen. Thunderbolt of blame. You're to blame. And just the way he talks to journalists is just incredible. Um, I almost want him to get another four years because I, I just think life will be a little bit more dull once he's put out to pasture. <laughs> is, uh, is that a reason to vote for him, America? Maybe it is. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Um, as, as I hinted, yeah, Ben on 115 points and Phil on 129. Despite your early lead, you're going to miss out on a final spot. Doug on 144 <laughs> and Russ on 145. Are going to I make told you it. it's all a fix. Almost certainly. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it probably was to start with. I don't care enough now. It's, <laughs> it's just a, whoever ends up there. Right. Uh, Doug, as you finished second, you get to choose whether to go first or second in Defend the Undefendable. Um, uh, so... I will, in order to prevent any copyright infringements, I will go not first. <laughs> okay. Uh, Russ, then we'll start with, with you. And you can have, instead of 
selling their naming, sorry, instead of selling their stadium naming rights for charity, um, FC Barcelona should let Richard Branson have it for free to help his struggling airline. It's, it's a well-known fact Richard Branson needs a little bit of help. Obviously, Necker Island and Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Galactic and all of his other fledgling businesses are, are seem to be struggling at the moment. And by allowing Branson to use the burn, uh, the new camp for various events, maybe he could put a, a fundraising concert or something to uh, raise some money for his companies. There we go. Time's up. Well done. And Doug, I'm going to give you... Yeah, instead of the NHS charities, Captain Tom Moore should give the £30 million to Liverpool and Spurs as a thank you for reversing their furlough decision. Okay, so he should give them that money because, let's be honest, the nurses are getting paid their normal wage anyway, so they don't need the extra cash. And the football players have been asked to take a pay cut, so they could actually do with it. You know, (laughs) Instead of instead of just just spunking it up on the up the wall on a disease that's just going to make people die anyway, give it to footballers so that they can uh, keep their wives in handbags. <laughs> Time is up, and as abhorrent as everything you've just said, <laughs> you de- you definitely defended the undefendable, so you're going to win. <laughs> so congratulations to you. That was good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, bad luck, Russ. Uh, but uh, there you go. It happens. A fix, happens. apparently. <laughs> another another thoroughly enjoyable punching chat, episode five, I think now. What's not a fix does Doug win, just as a just as an aside. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um but we've we've not offended well, we've offended a few people tonight. That's always good fun. Fuck them. Fuck them indeed. Um and we'll probably be back next week. So uh thanks Adam again for hosting. Another show that's pretty much bang on an hour, so we can fit in that between ten and eleven on a on a Saturday morning, and uh, yeah, you know, on our own on our own radio station. And do us a favour, ask Alexa to play more over podcasts and see what she says. Go it well. Work. It won't work. Give it up, Adam. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.